I'm Charles Epting from HR Harmer in New York City. And I'm Michael Cortese of Noble Spirit in Pittsfield, New Hampshire. And this is Conversations with Philatelists. Michael, we're doing another Monday live stream episode. <laughs> uh, this is kind of becoming yeah. a, a habit. We're, we're going to go is. back to recording them uh, this week. But uh, mm-hmm. we, we had arranged our interview for 9 o'clock uh, this morning anyways. Yeah. So we figured uh, may as well uh, do it live. So this morning we're talking to uh, Jack Proveniers. Yeah. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about Jack and then we'll, we'll yeah. have him on. Philatelist from the UK. Um, but we're interviewing him, so there's not uh, too much that we know yet. Yeah, he'll he'll we, fill we, us in. We, but um, yeah, yeah a young philatelist from, from UK. We've uh, we've connected online a couple times. I've, I've seen him kind of at events that I was supposed to be at <laughs> or got invited to. Um, but, but yeah, I'm interested to talk to him because he's, it seems very entrenched in the kind of young philatelic scene over there, uh, across the pond. And just as we are here in the, in the United States. So I thought it would be a kind of, um, an interesting interview because we got to talk to a lot of other young philatelists in the UK, uh, George James, Victoria, um, people, people like that. And, uh, and yeah, going to get they're in the professional side of the hobby get to see what it's like on the more collector side let's bring him on all right that sounds great so here is jack hey jack hello how's it going hi good, good. how are oh. you i'm not too bad <laughs> thanks for um Thanks for joining us this morning here, this afternoon for you. Um, yeah, do you, to jump right into things, do you mind talking to us a little bit about um, your start in the hobby, kind of what brought you yeah, in? Yeah, sure. Philatelist? So um, my first like endeavors into philately were, um, it was when I was starting university and I was going into the industry of um, naval architecture. So that's design of yachts and cruises and things and I kind of saw some stamps with boats on them which linked to my course and I was just like these look really cool you know <laughs> so I I bought some with uh, with boats on them they happened to be Swedish and I thought well well if I've got some with with, with boats on I'll get some other ones from Sweden so I uh, I just carried on growing and I, I bought I started out and then uh, collecting booklets uh, so I, I bought nearly every every Swedish booklet was stamps that you could get and then I was like, okay, well, I've got the booklet. Why not first day covers? Went out, com- <laughs> completed the first day covers. I was like, okay, well, this this is, seems a bit mundane now. I've got all the booklets, got all the first day covers. Let's try and just get every stamp from Sweden. So <laughs> here we are now. A little bit and, tougher uh, challenge there. <laughs> um, I'm 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 pretty far through. I've, I'm nearly ninety nine percent at the moment. Um, oh wow! Which is Sweden's quite accessible, um, along with the rest of Scandinavia. Um, it's obviously got its gems and, and highlights, which are out of the reach for for most people for a while. But um, we're we're getting there slowly. <laughs> so, at what age was that? You said um, your your lessons was that at uni or just start before university? So that would be 2016, 2017, I think. So mm-hmm. four or five years ago. Okay. Um, and I'm 23 now, so I, I was quite late to it or early i don't know how, how you put it because i started off my own back so none of my um my family or relatives collect um, it, 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 it's, it's refreshing to hear this because yeah we're, yeah we're used to hearing people who started collecting at age 
five because their father and grandfather yeah. like I was the same as you. I, I I sort of fell into it while at university, you know, at 19, 20 years old is when I really got bitten by the bug. So yeah, it, it, yeah you know, it, it's funny that um eighteen in this hobby is a late comer. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but it but it, it shows that you can really you don't have to have been raised with it. You don't even need that initial yeah. exposure, really. You can still come around to it as an adult, essentially, and uh, really get bitten by the bug. So, yeah, sure. so Sweden, Sweden now, yes. do you have any um, any other collections? Um, it's mainly Sweden is my, my specialty, but then I also collect Scandinavia in general. Um, mm -hmm. So I've got um, quite a good collection of Iceland, um, Faroe Islands, Island, um, most of those. I'm, I'm missing Denmark and Norway, but uh, Finland, uh, Iceland, Sweden, well, that's, those are the collections that I, I have at the moment. But Sweden is what I what I put all my time and energy into, so specialising and going into shades and plating and, and all of that. Mm -hmm. As a as a teenager and then, you know, in your early 20s getting involved in the hobby, how have you found the British... Uh, philatelic social scene. How receptive has it been? How easy they, is it to find been other welcoming? I went to my first actual meeting in second year of university, so uh, maybe three three or four years ago, and they were like really welcoming to have like a, a new youngster getting involved. You know, I, I must have brought the average age of the <laughs> the society down by twenty years or so, but. Um, <laughs> Uh, they they helped me join um, RPSL, who have been really supportive um, of me. Uh, I've got I'm giving a talk with them in a few months' time uh, oh. on my collection because they they they're liking to see new younger collectors get involved. So, oh, no, Michael, go ahead. Okay, uh, Charles and I have kind of had this conversation. It seems like a lot of the younger philatelists over on that side become. Um, professionals quite quite quickly we've talked to a lot of the people at stanley gibbons at, at spink uk so how has that was there any interest in you at, at an early age becoming a professional philatelist or just merely looking at it from the collector's side um i think there's everyone who collects i would say has like an inherent interest in in dealing and making sure that their collection has like retains its value or goes up in value at least mm -hmm. um as for career i'm not sure I'm, i've i've just started a new job i actually started tomorrow so uh for the time being i'm sticking i'm sticking with um, my naval roots uh, uh for industry but who knows in the future whether i'll, I'll get into dealing or uh, expertising or who knows how has the response from the Swedish community been um, having a, a Brit coming in and, and starting a collection? Because there's, there's a great, uh, you know, uh, you've got Jonas, you've got, uh, you know, Count Gustav. There, there's great Swedish yeah. philatelists. And, and, you know, with the show a couple of years ago as well in Stockholm, what has their, you know, ha have they been welcoming to have a, a for, foreigner for coming sure. in? And for sure. Um, Jonas, for example, sends me copies of his new books when he writes them. Um, so that's always great to get hands on on because uh, Swedish philately is is really well documented, but it's really well documented in Swedish. So uh, <laughs> uh, it's 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 great to be able to get copies of the newest books in 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 the English language. Um, but the Scandinavian um, Collective Society in the UK they they've been welcoming as well, and like uh, 
I think I was one of their first youth members. So they've given me like a, they created a special youth discount rate for their, <laughs> for their membership just for me. So it's, uh, everyone's been welcoming in the UK and Sweden. So how was it getting started? Because in, in America, Charles and I got our start kind of with a, with an organization called the Young Philatelic Leaders Fellowship. Was there <laughs> any kind of aid or did you kind of just go at it your own? Did you have any kind of mentor? Or I, you have to yeah, I just, these I just went at it um, by myself for, for the first couple of years. And then I, um, I, end, I saw um, the RPSL published a youth program similar to the white uh, plf i think it is and then okay. um that was with patrick mustavis i think yes. that name. Yeah. um but he he did a joint program i think with uh your guys at the aps and we went to they did a trip to london um where i've met quite a lot of young philatelists and, mm -hmm. and that was great and then he sent us off to uh, monaco field the year after so that's the main involvement i've had with with mentors um i started exhibiting only two years after I started collecting in 2018, and then that caught the attention of um, people at Stamp Active. So Stamp Active is the youth sort of um, association in the UK for collecting, uh, and they quite liked that there was someone exhibiting uh, in like a more serious manner, so to speak. Like, because mm -hmm. they obviously they had a lot of um, kids who were doing it for say butterflies or trains, but my exhibit was traditional philately. Uh, straight up straight away um, and they quite like that so they've given me help and support and writing my exhibit and building that and I'm fortunate enough to be able to show it off at London 2022 which will be oh fantastic be good uh what what year were you in Monaco uh 2019 I think 2019. that was the time after you went Michael yeah yeah did, did you go to 2019 I did, but I was tied down to the uh, to the Global Philatelic Network booth uh, most of the time. So, mm -hmm. uh, Nord Stamps wants to know when did the uh, youth program start, uh, and they didn't have a program when he lived in the UK. <laughs> Unfortunately, um, they... it, Patrick only did it in twenty eighteen. I think that was the okay. the, the first year. Um, okay, and then that was when he also sent us to, uh, to Monaco next year. Um, I don't know if they did it before that. But mm -hmm. as far as I'm aware, it was just 2018. So it was a pretty new, new thing. Yeah. You, you got your start by collecting um, ships on stamps because of its tie-in with your career yeah, path. Yeah. And I was actually just writing up a little thing about a collection this morning. It was an infectious disease doctor who collected fumigated and disinfected mail. Do you see yourself ever, you know, uh, obviously Sweden's your focus, but do you see yourself ever collecting topically going further with the... Uh, you know, just, just as a way to sort of tie it to your day-to-day. -day. I'm, I'm not yeah. sure. I think I think so. Uh, I think there's definitely an inherent interest in in my career and, and the stamps I collect. So right now I'm uh, moving into the submarine industry and I know that there's quite a few stamps with submarines on them. They're, they're always pretty cool uh, to see. So possibly. But right now my interests are still in, still in Sweden and uh, <laughs> will be for a while. So, so for people who can or, or even can't attend London 2022, can you sort of walk through uh, your exhibit where it's at right now? What you know, what, yeah. what it what it covers, what it encompasses, what some of the highlights are. So, what my exhibit is uh, classic Sweden from 1855 to 1911. Um, it's an 80-page exhibit, five frames, and I just walk through every issue in as much detail as I can 
uh, go through. So my main interest at the moment is shading uh, stamps. Um, and Sweden, what's great about it is they is the the main organization in Sweden have released um, shaded sheets. So it's basically you get a page and it has uh, a photocopy of every single shade. Um, and, and in Sweden, it's ridiculous. You can get one issue and it will have 22 different shades. So you can see the complexity and difficulty of differentiating between 22 different shades of blue. But um, my exhibit has, has gone through that and I've managed to get, I think, about 75% of all the shades between 1855 and 1911. Wow. Um, so that's what it mainly shows. Um, but I do have some quite, quite good items. So I've got the earliest recorded um, registered mail to Brazil in there. I've got um, quite early mail to Japan and China, and those are like, I, I quite like Swedish postal history as well, so I, I'm trying to sneak in a few items which are of interest into, into the traditional exhibit. With tracking down the shades, what is more difficult? Is it, um, uh, I'm trying to think of how to phrase this, is it the price that's prohibitive or is it actually finding these things and identifying these things that's There's a, there's a, there's a bit of both. It's um, not many people shade them. They will just sell it as, you know, Scott 22, for example, whereas there could be Scott 22 A to G, you know. Hmm. Um, but people on, on eBay or, or Hipstamp or Bellcamp, they, they don't shade them. So you can't exactly just buy the one you want online straight away. You've either got to buy a job lot of 15 of the same ones and hopefully one in there will, will match it. Or you find one that's pre-shaded in an auction at like a 200% markup. It's uh, <laughs> <laughs> but some of the shades are, are are quite rare. So Sweden, they documented um, the the postal authority at the time documented um, all the printings, the colours they used, how many were printed, um, and the dates that they used them uh, quite extensively back then. So there can be some issues where you can see that they only use, they only printed a thousand in one shade. Um, but then the next shade, it will be 350,000. So there's quite a, a disparity between them. And the ones where it's obviously much rarer command a, a much, much higher price. So with them not shading them uh, on online philatelic marketplaces, do you find any sort of deals there? Uh, rare shades that have kind of been yeah, unlisted? Yeah, some, or... sometimes you can, you can see it and I can be like, uh, oh, that's, a, that's an ultramarine blue. That's much fairer than just a standard navy, for example. Um, I find there's a Swedish marketplace called Trade, uh, Traderer, which is um, it's owned by eBay, but it's completely Swedish language. And I find that the, the flatterly section on there is, is 10 times better than that of uh, eBay or, or any other English language because it's obviously accessible to Swedish collectors. It, it's a pain in the, in the backside to create an account because it's fully in Swedish and you have to have like a Swedish social security number, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't have that. So it was a bit of a path trying to make an account, but they, they helped out. And... How is the, um, the, the activity on there? I mean, I wouldn't imagine that it was because being Sweden based entirely um, is wait, what's the activity? Like how many users would you, Oh, there's, there's tons. And what's interesting about it, um, it's similar to um, Katawiki, is that you, mm. you can almost see who's bidding on the items. But okay. it, rather than it being um, anonymous, you can actually see the users who are bidding. 
and then you can see what items they've purchased in the history. So it can get quite competitive if you see someone you, you, you <laughs> it know. It can kind of get very personal, I would yeah. imagine. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but it's almost like you can be like, um, you can see someone bidding on an item, you can see their past purchases being like in the hundreds to thousands, and you're like, okay, well, maybe they've got bigger pockets than, than myself to, to beat them. <laughs> I'll let them have this one, and I'll take the next item. Um, but, but a lot of items get listed, and a lot of high-quality um, stamps get listed too. So it's, it's, it's a good site, for sure. That's interesting. I, I, I wouldn't have imagined a specific site for... Is it all Sweden stamps, or is it just well, Sweden? Well, it's, it's, like, it's like eBay, but Swedish language, so you can sell anything on it. Okay. But the, but the philately section is, is brilliant. Um, and it, and, they've, and they've, they've categorized it completely, so they've, they've split it up per issues, dates, um, sections for booklets, first aid covers, stamps on covers, like it's, it's wow. really it's detailed. highly specialized. Um, and you need to have a Sweden social security number to even register to buy? I, I think these days they might have changed it, but okay. I know back when I started, um, they couldn't, and it's a bit, there's some awkwardness in it. So the seller can list the item for sale only in Sweden, uh, within the EU or worldwide. And, uh, most of the time they list it in the EU and obviously the UK have now left that. So often the times I'm just like desperately messaging the seller like, hi, can you please change this to worldwide so that I can bid? <laughs> but often you do miss out on items because they are just Sweden only. And mm. some of the, the sellers are just won't budge. They're like, nope, Sweden only. Somebody here in the comments asks if you ever regret starting collecting Sweden and if you ever wish that you'd begun collecting another country with more variety and pictorials, uh, something such as New Zealand. So any any regrets on Sweden or are you pretty... pretty I, I, I'm quite happy with Sweden. I think uh, compared to New Zealand, Sweden Sweden's definitely much, much better. Um, I'd say that there's much more depth and breadth of, uh, uh, of, of specialities. There's so much detail in shading and plating and everything it's uh I'm, I'm kind of impressed at the at the postal historians and philatelists back in the day who have gone through all the plates found every tiny minute detail and uh hmm. have documented that and as far as expertizing material for sweden are mm -hmm. there is there a specific place that you send material to yourself so they vary on the issue so for more common things i just send them to rpsl they mm. they deal with sweden quite well but for um speciality items there's a uh, uh an expert in uh, in sweden called uh, helena ubermuller uh women um you might see her certificates how and um they're they're like really specialized in-depth detailed certificates um that everyone who collects uh sweden or scandinavia will like, know and trust as as being the real deal She's she's been in the game for thirty years plus, I think. Wow. Um, her certificates are, are top tier. <laughs> Removing the uh, trace killing yellow. If there was one item of Sweden yeah. that you had to have for your collection, I don't again. I don't want to go for the the obvious, uh, yeah. you know, the, the big one. But is there something <laughs> you're looking for? Something that you uh, you know that, that you think would would fit right at home in in your collection? I really like the old postal proofs um there's quite a few of them about you often see them uh, in auction uh, in stockholm but they they go for silly amounts of money um but they always are are so nice and detailed they we've got uh in, in, in 
Scandinavian Sweden, we have like there's hand drawn ones. You there's like 10, 10 different iterations of stamps that you can go through. Uh, it just improves um, different overprints, test overprints. They're all they're all great, um, which I'm all missing in my collection. But soon, one day. You've got so, and, and you've got a, a real head start on most of the other collectors, I would say. You're yeah. Uh, <laughs> You know, you're seventy five percent of the way there with the shades, and ninety nine percent of the way there with the stamps. It well, that's, know, that's, right? that's the shades used. I, I I eventually want to get every shade mint, but that's gonna, that's gonna <laughs> be a, a huge pain. But you're a lot further along at twenty three than most people are, I'd imagine. Yeah, I've know, got I've, for some later. for some issues, I've got all the shades mint, which I'm quite happy with, which is like nine issues, uh, nine stamps, like different shades. Um, so hopefully, I can get them all. Volume wise, how much space does that take up? Is that, is that um, a couple albums? Or are you talking a whole bookshelf? I mean, my, I think at home I've got 30 albums or so encompassing my whole collection. Yeah. Um, my, just the shades is just one album. Um, but that's just my exhibit collection. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got maybe three albums of postal history, um, maybe four albums just. Uh, lighthouse albums of every every stamp so from the beginning to 2016 i think i'm up to um and then other albums for iceland and denmark and all of those countries mm-hmm. and then just lots of stock books just with thousands of the same stamp so <laughs> how how did your um family and friends react when you started collecting stamps this is something i find interesting because when i told people when i was in college um that i started collecting stamps i think they were a bit incredulous and then i told yeah. them hey i'm going to monaco in a couple of months and all of a sudden it became a lot cooler yeah, uh, yeah. Like, so, so what is the what is the response been like from like my my parents were always like supportive my dad is a collector himself of militaria so he has oh. um, um a very specialized world war one collection um which i think in 2016 he has a like an exhibit for so um like a whole almost like museum I almost had a section just for his his collection so he he's been pretty supportive of it my friends at first just like gimmick like take it to his eyes and give me you know stamp collecting haha but then you know I gone to Monaco had a good trip to London um last year uh, I was invited to meet the queen for my collection so you know that that was quite a good one and and you know once when when I was on like the royal family Instagram then people were like, okay, like that's pretty cool. <laughs> that's, what, that's what it took to legitimize stamp collecting to people yeah. was being on the royal. You know, <laughs> pretty high bar. They're, they're, like, they're like, okay, okay, I, I can respect this hustle now. <laughs> yeah, um, I think it's I've seen that, that photo. Yeah, of, it, of it takes those <laughs> though, to, to prove that it's not just a, a frivolous yeah. hobby, I feel. You, you, you know, again, I, when yeah. you tell people you're going to Monte Carlo, that legitimizes things. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we've actually never met in person, but we connected through your um, Discord channel. So yeah. do you mind talking a little bit about, because even at, at 31, I, I, I don't know what, really, I don't know what, yeah, really understand I, it. I, I used it to talk to our programmer. It's, um, it's, it's, yeah, it's mainly for, for the kids. Um, yeah. It started out as a, as a social network for gamers, mainly. Um, uh, it's, it's got quite a gamer aesthetic. It's all dark, dark mode. Like the chat goes incredibly quickly and it's quite difficult if you're, you know, just flicking in and out every so often to catch up with what's going on because it moves at such an incredible pace. Yeah. Um, 
but it's quite a good medium as opposed to a forum for asking quick questions, having a quick uh, conversation about your stamps, just showing off something that you've bought. Um, it's categorized quite neatly so that you, there's different uh, chat rooms for Europe or Asia, Africa, um, different chat rooms for asking about help for your stamps or postal history. There's just general chats where you can just talk about anything you want. It's it's quite a good medium for uh, connecting with other collectors. Um, we have a, like a, a, a sales channel, a trades, and you know there's quite a lot of sending material back and forth between the collectors that have connected within this uh, within this medium. Mm -hmm. It it seems incredibly active all the time. I check into it occasionally and it says, you know, hit the down button, there's a thousand messages to read. Yes, write. it's always on the go. Um, how many people are, are in that? And what would you I say that the age uh, range is? Yeah, I was going to say, how, how would you sort of, um, demographically, how would you ca characterize the people yeah. who are taking part? Um, so I can quickly check in the settings. I think we have nearly 400 members. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, we have 384 members. Um, which we got quite a big boost from Graham from Exploring Shout uh, Stamps. He, he gave right. us a, a shout out and mm. uh, that gained quite a lot of attention. Um, but it started out as um, a lot of younger collectors, so maybe 14 to 25, I'd say. Um, but makes, now that... Michael feel so old when we yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> Now that um, I say Graham has like legitimized it in a sense, there's been a lot of more older collectors who watch Graham's videos and have joined just to like give it a heads up. So there are um, quite a few people who are 50, 60 um, oh, okay. plus in there as well who are who do engage in, in conversation and do help out the younger folk with questions or um, details or specialities of theirs. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, it always seems I'm actually so downloading active. Discord right now because I want to check this out after we <laughs> I, I want to um, feel cool again. Yeah, You get a little role that says you're a philatelic influencer as well when you join. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, it's always so... It I found it so interesting because people are always saying, how do we get kids involved? How do we get younger people involved? And mm -hmm. then it's just scrolling through all these messages of these young philatelists actually talking about stamps, showing photos of their collections, asking about expertizing asking about identification for for individual things and people helping out i mean it seems like there's a lot of very knowledgeable people on there yourself included in their in their respective roles so i mean it's it's definitely something that i i feel like we didn't have growing up we didn't mm -hmm. have starting out that might help keep people if they come to it in the hobby keep them that's that's the engaged. the aim it's it's there wasn't necessarily a place where you could go it's quite daunting and intimidating joining yeah. a a stamp society you know i i when yeah. i went to my first meeting in the second year of university they they asked like are you, are you in the wrong place like I'm, <laughs> I'm like no i'm i'm here for the meeting like uh <laughs> um but so yeah it's quite good to have a, a place where where it's it's a lot more open and a lot more accessible for for youngsters just to pop in and you know share their pictures of, of dogs on stamps or butterflies or something it's mm -hmm. you know rather than rather than being fully specialized straight away uh, yeah do you have any sort of data on where everybody is the country wise um not really it's it's mm -hmm. i you don't necessarily like you don't get to see uh, that. no but i'd say most are from um america there's quite a large demographic from India as well who have joined. Okay. Um, 
bars out there is just scattered around Netherlands, UK. Um, I think a couple from from Cuba even. It's uh, it's quite the mix, but mainly America uh, at the moment. That's interesting, yeah, because the the YPLF is always looking for for new members and and to to kind of bring them into the hobby, and and it feels like like this is starting people out, getting them interested, or they're once they're interested, they get there, they learn more, mm. and then. Um, yeah, there's yeah, quite a few people that are, are asked like, oh, um, I'm going to go to my first uh, stamp show next week. You know, how how, how does it work? You know, mm-hmm. and that, that's, that's happened quite a lot in the in the server. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's really breaking that kind of that barrier to entry or, or the the apprehension of going to the first show. I remember my apprehension going to my first yeah. just dealer bourse. It wasn't even mm-hmm. a, a real show. I I don't mean, you know, it, it wasn't even yeah. a massive show. It was just a, a dealer bourse and the apprehension. If I, whereas if I knew what was to be expected beforehand, I would have gone a lot sooner. I would have gone a lot to, to a lot more. Mm-hmm. So, And I think a lot of people demonstrate that natural inclination to, like there's a tendency to want to collect and accumulate and yeah. organize yeah. things. And again, you know, I, I feel like, you know, the, the problem isn't getting young people involved in stamps necessarily. It's... Mm-hmm keeping young people involved in stamps mm-hmm. yeah and yeah, yeah when you can when you can provide a platform like a discord server for for people to connect i again i i think it um you know whereas a lot of times maybe these interests would be fleeting or would be forgotten fairly yeah. quickly yeah. um something yeah. like this i think is is good for you know keeping them going a little bit more long term so when did you start that and what was the the idea so behind it i started it i think in 2019 i believe um and there was like a, a a smaller one for it that was already out there but it wasn't as organized or active so i thought mm-hmm. you know what i'm gonna give this a go properly i'm gonna put a, a, a real effort into it push it out to the channels that i know will see it uh, and try and get it active and it's just uh, in, in in this old one there was just no one was talking um mm. the, the owner wasn't wasn't present and i thought well i'm gonna try and reply to everyone that I can do feasibly answer as many questions as I can and just keep people engaged and keep them staying and talking. Yeah. Um, and that seems to have worked. Yeah, to the point where it's just, it's its own ecosystem. Now the, the individual yeah. channels are just um, not just the general channel, but the individual channels, people talking about Europe, people talking about, mm. uh, you know, Asia are, are, are always so filled with people just discussing stamps. It's, it's, really exciting to see it's good i'm i'm happy with the with the progress that uh that it's made and i'm hoping that it's going to grow more so hopefully next year it'd be on a on a thousand members and then yeah a couple of years later ten thousand you know mm-hmm. have there ever been any people kind of looking to or within close proximity to themselves meet up from this discord team? yeah there's there's a few there's um there's a couple people um uh, talking the other day about meeting up at NAPEX, I believe. Um, and I think that that's going to happen. Um, we're going to do a little meetup at Stampex um, this autumn mm-hmm. and then uh, hopefully do another one at London 2022 as well for the, the more European collectors. That should be, yeah. should be good. Yeah, well, we will definitely both be, or I, Michael, I hope we'll definitely both be at London 2022. So yeah, it'll be fun definitely. to, uh, fun to meet people from, again, I'm going to, I'm going to, 
try and figure out Discord later today to see if I can <laughs> get up to speed. Yeah, if you have any questions, just, uh, yeah, in, in, t- in time for the London 2022 show, maybe I'll uh, have some understanding. <laughs> but, but sort of the last thing I, wa- I wanted to ask you, and then I'll turn it back over to Michael, but what are your goals moving forward? You're exhibiting at London 2022. Mm-hmm. You've been to Monaco. You met the Queen. A lot of people would probably just say, like, I'm done. <laughs> I, I, I've accomplished, uh, you know, again, obviously you're going to keep adding things to your collection and whatnot, but, yeah, but, yeah. you know, where, where do you see yourself in the hobby in 10 or 20 or 50 years? Um, what, what are your goals moving forward? I definitely want to put more of an effort into attending meetings um, and getting out there, you know, being known in the society, so to speak, um, showing off like my collection giving talks i, I kind of like that that aspect of it um being knowledgeable and you know having like the camaraderie behind it you know um because i feel i've i've been lacking on that a bit i've i've been you know the pandemic struck i didn't get to go to many meetings uh, i've moved to a new city now so hopefully uh here i'll be able to join their local society and and, and join that yeah yeah that's definitely a a very altruistic goal joining more organized philately and kind of helping yeah. progress the... yeah a lot of a lot of people just want to keep it to themselves and want to be very insular <laughs> right yeah we need more of the um more of those connections more of the the social aspect of it i think yeah. is important really. yeah that's that's what i what i like about it it's just like uh you know at, at monaco as you know it is it's a great chatty event like there's obviously yeah. I'd say the social aspect almost takes precedence to the to the stamps in, in that sense. Almost, you know, you know. <laughs> it's like you've got you've got the little the show on 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 the side, and then you have all these great drinks and meals in the um, evening. Sometimes I forget that there are stamps at Monaco. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, and that's what I I, I I like. I think I think society should should almost meet more as socially um, with stamps like in the background as well. But mm-hmm. most of the meetings at the moment ever are just stamps but i think there should be a more social aspect too in my opinion yeah. no that i mean absolutely because it, it it helps keep people involved and it helps people build people's collections without that without outside help there'd be no um real growth for the hobby i mean we can't evolve ourselves just from reading books reading books is is fantastic it, it helps a lot yeah. but there needs to be the people like you said sending you books and translating things and the the personal help the personal touches are really kind of what's what's driving things forward in in the hobby so I, sure. yeah completely agree um yeah i i didn't have any more questions no, this, Did you have anything I, I, you wanted to bring up that that we had not covered yet um i'm not sure i think we've hit every point um i think it's it's just good to see the how the community is growing at the moment, especially yeah. with with YouTube and Instagram. I've seen more and more Instagram accounts popping up, mm-hmm. uh, more and more smaller YouTube channels. It's definitely yeah. uh, the the digital age is upon us, so to speak. You know, it's it's that's the way it's going. I'd say. Yeah, and and I think that people keep asking again. I bring that up again. People keep always saying, "But how do we get younger people involved?" Involved, and I I feel like they're there. It's just giving them a way to connect mm-hmm. with each other in this Discord channel. The Instagram and, and YouTube, there's smaller channels, discussion boards on, on people's different comments section. I mean, that's it's yeah. exposing the fact that they're there and they're, they want to learn, but I really feel like this this Discord channel is a tremendous uh, benefit to... And and Michael, I'm going to throw something out now that we haven't discussed. This is actually just an idea I've, I just had, but we Go should 
um, use the Discord channel, use people watching these videos, anybody who's going to be at London 2022. We yeah. should, Jack, I, we hope you'll be there. Get together yeah, a social yes. event. Let's do drinks yeah. uh, on, on CWP. Let's let's put a little event together and, you know, get yes, George sure. James there, get, uh, yeah. you know, Victoria, get Ian, get all the, uh, all, all the other young folks from the UK and anybody traveling. Let's, um, let's really build on, on, again, what you started with, with this Discord server is fantastic. And yeah. anybody who happens to be at London 2022, let's convert that and translate that into a, a physical meetup as well. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. 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 I'm looking forward to that. Um, thank you so much, Jack, for taking the time out to do this yeah. and for allowing no us to, to live stream this. Um, That's okay. <laughs> it's been, been a pleasure. Yeah. We really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see you, uh, you know, first part of next year in London. Yeah, it should be yeah. good. Yeah. Thank you. Awesome. Cheers, guys. Bye. Thanks Bye. so much, Jack. That was fantastic. Really nice guy. Absolutely. I, I love, um, again, we, we, we harp on it a lot, but this UK uh, yeah. youth scene, I really love. Um, not that there's not great young collectors in America as well, mm -hmm. um, but, but. No, I said a lot that there, that there were a lot in the. Yeah, Michael, I, I feel US. old. I haven't, you know, <laughs> I, I think the last video game I played was like Guitar Hero when that first came out. So yeah. I, um, I, I really, one. it was, it was great. It was yeah, great. It was I played like Star Wars Battlefront. And then I realized mm -hmm. that came out in like 2004. Um, <laughs> I don't, so, so for me, this idea of like a video game chat service, I, I, I'm dating, I'm, I'm dating myself. I'm 28 yeah. now. Um, I was 26 <laughs> when we started this thing. Um, but, but I, I'm really excited to get involved and, and yeah. to, to, you know, again, let's try and translate some of that digital excitement and energy, you know, whether it is people meeting up at Napex or London 2022, um, this is important to, yeah. to, you know, we're always talking about blending the virtual with the digital. Um, you know, let's do our, our part to, uh, to work with Jack and, and see what we can do. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, and what, what Patrick is doing for Patrick Macellus is doing for, for people like Jack and ourselves and other young philatelists is, is excellent. But I feel like we need to keep that momentum Absolutely. going. You know, I was going to say, so many people have supported us. Now it's our turn to yeah. stop being supported and stop start <laughs> being the support, I feel. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I'm excited for that. Um, so this was a great episode. Yeah. Friday, are we going to be doing a live stream? Yeah. I'm what, actually I around this time. I was out appraising collections last Friday. Um, but you're going to be driving down to New York next Friday. This Friday. <laughs> I am. Um, can we do our live stream on Thursday? What if we do our live stream later in the day, Friday? from my house perfect we'll figure out a time day of probably yeah but let's do an in-person live stream that'd be fun yeah that would be i completely forgot that i'm hitting the road probably at like nine o'clock let's do it from dutchess <laughs> county new york all right perfect maybe even do it from the golf course i like that idea. <laughs> i like that idea um, very much um, thank so you we so much to jack absolutely to everyone listening we'll we'll put a link to the discord channel um in the bottom it's it's open it's discord is free it's it's a great place where tons of people are talking, and I can't believe that three hundred and eighty something users. That's more than some societies. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That, yeah. That, that automatically makes <laughs> it one of the bigger stamp societies. Yeah. Um, yeah. Send me that link as well so that I can join, and uh, yeah, and, and people will be able to find us there. Yeah. Perfect. Awesome. Michael, as always, this was a lot of fun. Yeah. Until next time. Sounds good. We'll do it again soon. Bye.